This episode is sponsored by Silverback Chaps. Silverback Chaps, they've got your back. Have you ever been curious about Silverbacks, but just don't know where to start? Check out the website and use the code LOCKDOWNPC, that's LOCKDOWNPC, and get 10% off your first order. And this is across the whole range from chaps to caps, hats, tees, hoodies, and jackets, all designed for the working farrier by farriers. Welcome to the LFP 38, episode 38. Um, incidentally, just the other day, just crossed over into the realms of having over 60,000 downloads globally. Someone once said there is, within the developed world of Farriers, there's probably about 60,000 of us globally. So that means one podcast download for every Farrier out there. So we're getting somewhere. That's really good. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for all your messages of support. Obviously, last weekend was the Cav Pairs competition down in London. Didn't quite go to plan for myself. Um, made a bit of a mistake, school by error, really, with my ruler. And um, didn't really have a shoe the right size to get finished with. You live and learn. Everything's a learning curve. Massive thank you to the Household Cavalry Mounted Regiment for putting on the competition, which is one of the funnest competitions to do in the country at the moment, I think. Um, great to catch up with loads of old friends. And massive thank you to the judges, Mark Evans and Chris Powell. Um, obviously, they were judging the same class over two days and they had it was a tough job. Massive congratulations to George Rogerson and Ollie May for winning. Could this be George Rogerson for world champion? We'll have to find out. Massive shout out to Silverback Chaps for continuing to sponsor and support the podcast. Keep your ears out. In the next couple of weeks, will be an episode coming out with Danny Elliott talking about his life as a farrier, part of the Mustad Network, uh, Silverback Chaps itself, and all the other endeavours he's been involved in. He's a very busy man. Obviously, just want to mention the Farriers Foundation. Farriers Foundation, UK-based charity there to support farriers in need due to illness and injury. They're currently supporting quite a few farriers and, you know, 
they haven't got bottomless pockets. So anything we can do to raise money, raise awareness, put on some charity events um, and try and raise some money for them because it's a great cause. If anyone wants to put on any events or donate any money, contact the Farriers Foundation through their social media or their webpage. Today's episode, we'll be talking to Kelvin Limer, Dip WCF. Kelvin Limer is the owner of the Shoeing Lab and Sandpit Forge. He is an innovator and has always been years ahead of his time as far as farrowry and running a farrowry business. He has a background in engineering and fingers in a lot of pies. Kelvin used to be um, very involved in the endurance racing fraternity globally. Um, and he obviously did a podcast on this platform a few a couple of years ago to do with shoeing the endurance horse. Obviously, a shoeing lab based in Worcestershire um, has pretty much got a shoe in that shop for any eventuality you're going to come across while shoeing horses. We sat down in the boardroom at his um, quite fancy setup, and um, this is a conversation we had. So, I'm basically what I am sat in the boardroom of what can only be described as Farry's answer or Farry's equivalent to Area 51. Um, you know, models of flying saucers everywhere. Um, so we're at the shoeing lab with Kelvin Limer. Kelvin, you've been a busy boy. Yep. Um, I said we've got this table which is completely full of 3D printed... Um, Products. Products, yeah. yeah. All available. Yeah. They're, I mean, obviously, being around, <laughs> coming in there over, well, for quite a few years now, you know, there's been quite a development uh, process. Um, where does it start? It started with a laminetic pony, a laminetic horse. Right. And that's where it started. Uh, as a horse that I got called in to try and help. Helped the first one, that fine, no problem at all. And the second one, sadly, went sour through um, a device that I created, the wooden clog, yeah. which opened and closed. It wasn't just one piece. And the and sadly, the owner had a husband that was a very handy DIY man. Instead of calling me, he decided to put a screw in, and obviously it was, didn't turn out too well for the horse. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's why I said, uh, the only person that's going to put a screw into a foot is either myself or the farriers, we know where we're putting yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Um, or try and get away with no, no, no screws at all. So that's why I ended up coming up with a click lock. Yeah. So you can glue it and cast it on. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I still haven't personally used a clock. Not, I mean, I understand how they work. But I've just not had a case present itself, which requires to have a clog on um probably because i'm not shooting full time anymore i'm sure if i was still shooting the kind of horses i once shot i probably would have gone down that route by now but the one thing which i think put a lot of fact when the clog revolution happened and it is a game changer without a shadow of doubt i think what put a lot of farriers off was they couldn't get a head around it. it was made of wood yep and it had screws in yes it and it i think if anything it probably frightened them a bit that's, I think you're, you're very right. I mean, it is, it is an alien. One, the way we're screwing into it, because it's not in an actual nailing on position. No. Uh, and obviously, the thickness of the screws sometimes people use, which I found, I thought was quite detrimental as well. Yeah. Um, you know. Also, do you want to be putting a screw into a sore-footed horse? There's so many different things. So after what happened to me, 
um, I decided to embark on a route where I could develop a system where there was no screws should I wish to. Yeah. And that's when this clicked clock. So that started in 2013. Oh, it's that long ago now. I know. Um, you know, and went down different routes using foam and plates of wood and trying to get it to stick together. Well, so many different things. And then I stumbled on one of these silly things called a 3D printer. Yeah. I think, you know, around about that time, I think a few people kind of got involved with the 3D printing thing. I know talking to you for many years, you'd, talk, you'd talked about carbon fibres and yeah. it's only a matter of time before you produce a 3D printed shoe. Yeah. And I suppose that the technology and the availability of the technology is kind of, you know, it's a lot more accessible than it once was. And changing, changing weekly, monthly, mm. everything's changing. Materials are changing. <laughs> Understanding of materials. I mean, all the material we've gone for is of a similar consistency and wearability of natural hoof. Yeah. So that's what I want with the added event advantages of the recoil system in within it. Yeah. So it shock absorbing, absorbing um, forces from descending, <coughs> ascending, everything, impact. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I think, you know, you just hit the nail on the head there. You know, there's been all these products come and go. I mean, like the steel shoe, it's very different consistency to the horse's foot. And yeah, we've used the steel shoe for years and it's, kind of done the job but then when people started to bring out synthetic stuff it was too far the other way yeah that's it and i think where we are what you have to remember there's been a big change i mean the people hacking has got fewer yeah people working in school services have become greater yeah so the whole understanding of what needs to be on the foot and for the surfaces has changed our understanding has had to change mm. so where we used to get away with a nice bit of concave, they I'll say a bit of five eight three eight, <laughs> <laughs> bit of three quarter half. Well, certain cases, yeah, I used to put it on all the time. I don't use it anymore. My horses, I do now. Don't use it. No, no. Well, I mean, again, uh, yeah, me and Wayne spoke about this last night. You know, when we started in this job, you know, there was that kind of revolution where people were coming out of the narrow tool sections and. Yeah started shoeing stuff with flatter wider sections that's with it. upright heels that's it i mean that's it I and mean, stone traps exactly that i mean and also pads packing i mean that got me you know my endurance days a lot of the materials and a lot of these ideas have actually come from my endurance days yeah not just from just that one laminatic horse you know like the pads the interchangeable pads i want you know building packages up the drawback with pick it, building these packages up is weight. Yeah. And we know with more weight, as it does have an effect on length of stride and everything else. I can now put this package together with one of these shoes and it's lighter than the steel and the pad and all the packing. Well, again, when we talk about weight, I mean, again, me, me and Wayne alluded to this in the last podcast, you know, a lot of people think when they think weight, they think of the shoe. Yeah. But if you're adding a pad and a packer and everything else like it's, that. That's it. It all comes together. Yeah. And also you change the whole dynamics. And I think as we've got better understanding of the dynamics, length of stride, um, material, you know, all the surfaces, our, our understanding of what we've got, our put on the foot is going to change and how we apply it to the foot. Mm. Yeah. Not just through nails, not just through metacolite glues or polyurethane. You know, it can be all sorts of things. So, 
Um, I mean, and again, you know, having known you for some time and often popped into the forge, just looking at back in the actual forge at some of the contraptions hanging off the wall, you know, you're obviously a thinker mm. and a tinkerer. Yeah. Um, which is, um, you know, you, and, you know, looking at some of the things, you know, these are, some of these horses are horses who haven't got a lot of chances left. No. No. And you've got to really think outside the box to get the result. That's it. I mean, I remember that shoe you used to have hanging up in the forge, which was like a big shoe, but then it got a smaller shoe welded in on the inside, kind of as a peripheral border and all yeah. that, you know, but it obviously did the job. It did the job, but the drawback was the weight. Yes, exactly. You know, it's always, you know, yes, we can get the mechanics of it to work, but there was always a trade-off. Yeah. There's always a consequence, and that's the consequences which you try and bring less. Yeah. And that's what I've tried to do with... All these different things that you see on the table here. Yeah. Everything can work. I mean, all these pads that are designed, they're not only designed to go under a shoe, but they're designed to go inserted into each one of these shoes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and, the, and the thing is, you know, I think that out-the-box thinking, it's all, you know, I'm as traditional as the next man, and I like machine-making and tradition and all that stuff, but we are presented nowadays... A, with a lot of science to back yep. up things, a lot more diagnostics than we ever used to have. I mean, let's face it, some of the remedial shoeing back in the day, mm-hmm. it was best guess. That's and right. it either came right or it didn't. That's it. Um, you know, and you still see shoes on shoe boards now, which were, you know, you think about it now with the science, you know, you think, that never worked. No, that's it. You so know. why is it there? But it's a traditional forging skill. Yeah, exactly. You know, those, those skills, I mean, all those skills which are shoemaking... They're all embedded in here, the way yeah. the toe is, the way you want the quarters. And, you know, if you look at the, the racing hind, you know, you get your toe, you're going to fit that to the toe of the... I've tried to incorporate... All that's incorporated into yeah. that shoe. So you can say, you know, whereas if you've got an engineer to make this, it will come out completely different. Yeah, exactly. That's, you know, that's... The, and I'm very lucky I've got some good guys that work with me that are on my page straight away. Yeah. You know, and I do think I'm a bit balmy. Yeah. Well, the other thing with yourself as well, you know, you're renowned in the industry of having a business head and having a big shoeing practice, and you built up the supply business as well with all the uh, shoes, etc., which we'll talk about in a bit. But you've kind of got the means at your fingertips to kind of develop this stuff because, like you alluded to a bit ago, you know, was all prototype in this boardroom. There's that many prototypes laying around um, on your carbon footprint. Well, yeah. um, <laughs> but you know, this stuff you can't just have a go at it and you're going to yeah. get it right. It takes years and years of R and D to get the product to where it needs to be. Yeah, um, and that takes you know, let's face it, money. Yeah, you know, um, which. You know, there's a lot of people out there who probably couldn't bring this stuff to market. Well, no, I mean, just last year we bought, we did 37 new products last yeah. year, which have been in, in, you know, and we've got a lot more coming through. Yeah. Um, which, you know, the, the one thing I, you know, I'm really proud of is the squishy. That was a lead on from the clog um, because we wanted some of that cloth for first aid, not only for laminitis, but for sore footed horses. For navicular horses. Yeah, so do you want to just explain, obviously we can't see this because this is an audio podcast, yeah. 
um, you know, I need to get some cameras made. <laughs> but do you want to explain what the squishy is? What the squishy? I will put some photos up on the okay, uh, Instagram. The, yeah, the squishy is a comfort clog, so it compresses and releases. So my my line my logic was is okay. A horse is in pain. You can release pain if it's if it wants to descend in, into the toe. It can do so, but then. What happens in an hour or two's time if it wants to change its its posture? I've let it set in that place. So this releases again, so it's able to readjust itself over a period of time. It can take anything from uh, um, 10 minutes to 24 hours to get used to it. And once it does, it is second to none. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, I have got horses now that are sound. As soon as you take them out of this... They're not happy. No. So I never developed this for a riding shoe in any shape, way or form. This no. is like a first aid, get you out of trouble, treat. Nah. But now I've got horses that are living in them. Yeah. So so there we are. That's how it does. So it compresses, releases, got a recoil factor. Yes, they do break down. That's like everything. That's because of the constant compression and, and tension it's under. Yeah, but it's doing the job. It's doing it, And that's it, it, yeah. Keeping the horse comfortable. And, what, and that's our job, get the horses comfortable. So that's squishy. Um, you know these other sort of like I don't know, cuff type shoes um, we've got here. What, what are these called? That that's an elliptical. Well, this shoe, an elliptical shoe, was originally goes back to when me and Alan Bailey had got some ideas with uh, a Jura Lips. And obviously, all the shoes I've got have got no steel, no aluminium core to it at all. So it's you know, flexible. Um, that was one thing I wanted to do. I can do that. I can lay aluminium into these shoes if I want to, but I didn't want to do it. No. I wanted to use the materials which are getting better and better. Yeah. Uh, I can adjust the way the mainframe of it is done so I can get it to collapse in one place, load in another, all sorts of things I can do now with the material yeah. and laying the way I lay it. So, but also this is about obviously just protection load and dispersing the actual body weight but obviously because you've got the the radius all the way around it just takes some of the tension away yeah, yeah, yeah. but also what it is obviously this is indirect gluing rather than direct gluing right okay what's so, the difference between direct gluing and indirect gluing well direct gluing is when you actually bond the actual shoe to the surface of the foot yeah and this is indirect gluing where you're actually gluing onto the side of the wall right okay with the uh, flanges yes yeah you know so that's what I've found. I like the horses seem to like it as well. Um, some people, you know, I stand corrected by. I've, some people will tell, have told me, and I've had the same problem. After about four shoeings with certain materials, the horses seem to go don't like don't like it because it's because you're sort of locking the foot in with the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas this is, as I say, it's flexible. Yeah. It flexes in all direction. That's what I liked about it. So that f it can move even when it's glued on. It's moving. Yeah. It's not rigid, so which is quite important. I mean, obviously, there's <coughs> some conditions and some circumstances we come where we actually want to put, a, you know, turn the foot into a rigid structure, be it yeah. underneath or around the outside. Yeah. Um, you know. And, well, what and you can do if you forces, but as, yeah, if you need to make this more rigid, then we just got a real solid plate pad we put in there, so I can make it. I can add a part to it. Yeah. So, but you know, that's the whole point of. 
It's like I was saying, I must have had a, a real big mechanic hit when I was a kid because it, <laughs> it's parts that go together. I mean, it's like the, the Moraid clicking pad. That came about because obviously I'd been on the team. You can't take everything away with you when you're on a plane. So I, had to, I ended up making little bits of paddy and then gluing things together. And then because I made the clicking clock, I thought I can make bits to click in. So, you know, I've got a, graduate, a graduated pad here, which is a heart bar piece. But I can just change it into a euro bar. Yeah. Just like that. Which, you know, so I can alter pressure points, load areas, deload. Anything, so I can make any sort of appliance out of it. Yeah, you know, I can make a t you know, and then in the full one, I can put a toe piece in one side. So I've got a multiple pad, a pad yeah, that yeah. can do multiple things without even actually taking the shoe off. Well, and especially you know, <clears throat> with a lot of horses now working on arena surfaces, yeah. special performance horses, um, and I, I think especially with dressage horses, mm. you know, there was a time where. You know, we're dealing with these R RSIs, yep. you know, repetitive strain injuries with um, collateral ligaments, suspension ligaments, and we'd need to put wide branches and stuff. And again, the weight, not only the weight from you would put an extra load on that limb, but also the pendulum effect. Yes. You know, and your side weightings. I mean, literally, if you put a wide branch and your side weighting something or your toe weighting it yeah. with a wide toe, whereas actually having a light weight because it doesn't that structure doesn't need to be rigid no no but by putting a lightweight click in alternative i mean i look at they're all soft injuries aren't they yeah why are we putting hard material on it yeah so i go softer not harder yeah um that goes back to my endurance days why because when you put a horse we used to cool horses feet down a lot yeah in ice buckets if i had um, a sure 60 in there like the, the standard polyurethane was at that point used to get them out and they used to walk up like a laminatic what the hell's gone on mm. because the consistency's changed yeah. so I learned very at that early stage I need to change something so I was always looking for a lower rate I think I my my packing now and I still use the pouring because I quite like it with the how it works is probably t either 10 uh, 10 15 25 that's it yeah very very rarely I go any higher than that I mean, again, <clears throat> in, uh, the last podcast with Wayne, when we was talking about a bit of like the evolution of uh, pads, packers, and stuff yeah. like that, and we were talking about the old days when like the yeah, um, Equifame, um, pack and stuff like that first came, when it was one of the sort of first to come fill to market. Level. <laughs> it was filling it level, and the shore rating on it Oof. was so high. It was yeah. like putting a house brick inside. That's the it. That's it. And, and, and not only that, it was the pendulum effect which you're on about. Yeah. But also the weather changes. I mean, we have we have you know some deep frosts here at the moment, and I had a horse. I can remember that we put some short, you know, some copper sulfate stuff in it, and the one rings went. I made a nice cup sole it because I used to be make. It. And he said the horse it's crippled. What have you done? Mm. I went out, and I went out, and you can't actually you couldn't. There was no movement in that at all. No. It was solid. So I said, oh, we we'll just put bring some warm water, and we we'll stand its foot in some warm water put it in and it just changed it just like that so the how it, our weather weather conditions hot and cold have a big effect on it yeah absolutely we know that from why the tires work better when they're hot do exactly <coughs> yeah 
That's what I do wheel spins. That's it. <laughs> so, what, what else have we got sort of on the market now then? So, we've got, we, obviously, you've got your, your sort of click, click clog. Click clog, squash, or squish, squish comfort clog. What, what, this, obviously, this is a, uh, dual ellipse, but you've obviously got other versions yeah. of it. Is well, that's, that's I call this the RS. Um, it started off for the thoroughbred, you know, sort of horse, uh, yearling type, because they obviously go in different sizes and different things, just to give them that bit of cover. Yeah. And, you know, the saw horse, thoroughbred, that sort of thing, and to get yearlings in ready for prep for sales. Yeah. So we didn't have to um, nail onto the foot. Because yearlings are quite a playful bunch. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just glue them on the foot. Feisty. Yeah, well, you can glue them on very quickly. I mean, I, you know, you, you've seen the video. Yeah. You know, I can glue one of these to the base of the foot within three seconds. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the things I, you know, so I did this. It's, you know, quite wide. It's changed its style. You know, I've made it look more like a shoe. Um, you know, put a bit more... And, and it's... And the quality's got better as I've got better understanding of how certain materials work, better machines. So, so we got that. So that's the RS. Yeah. So, and then we've got the spider front, uh, the elliptical hind. Where's that? Somewhere, somewhere here. But again, with a lot yeah. of these, <coughs> the the modern sort of materials. I mean, everything from hoof hoof yeah, boots down to. Line. All this, yeah. this kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. there's always been an availability of front shoes, shoes, but no one ever does yeah. the backs. That's it. Well, we've well got if they do do the backs, it's never really a proper. It's back an after, shape. it's an afterthought. So we've got the ellipse, which is obviously giving it more length, um, which came about because I've got horses with iron, iron suspensory injuries. Yeah. We know we're putting the soft pack in, putting this in. This horse was a real. What, got, what made me change and have a go with this, um, and I use it on quite a few horses now, was very awkward to nail on. Yeah. We all got them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know they are nailed, they are very, you know, not very happy being nailed on. I have now had this on there. This horse's attitude has changed beyond belief. Mm. And it's I more think, comfortable. I think, I think that's something. You know, it's not, you know, you know I couldn't, I can't believe, you know, until you actually experience it, you know, whereas every time we put one there, then, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it just stands there, picks the foot up for you, you can dress it, it doesn't pull on you, nothing at all. Well, I always find it, I mean, again, we see, especially in this country, <clears throat> the amount of disciplinaries where people have been done for, yeah. and we've all shot those horses, yeah. and we've all got frustrated That's in the it. past, normally when it comes to nailing on, yes. and it's funny enough, very often with the hind feet, yeah. and it's, you know, we just think the horse is hammer shy, but actually, it's probably reacting so, to pain. Yeah, and that was, and with that particular horse, because it also had a problem in the front feet. Yeah. You, you know, I've been concentrating on the front feet. I had all sorts of packages on that to keep it, try and keep it going, because it had already been had, had lots of use on it. Yeah. And the lady giving it away, so I wanted to keep it comfortable, which I, I kept it comfortable, but not, it was not easy. Yeah. Um, awful feet. So that's when I went down. That's why I developed the the elliptical shoe, and then I did the elliptical line for it. Mm. Um, you know, and that then progressed onto other horses, which have all benefited from 
that one. Yeah. You have to have a, uh, something that's a bit of a catalyst, don't you? So yeah, it's all exactly. as a theme. <clears throat> so we, each one of these shoes is a different shape. So, you know, I can't say that, you know, my RS is going to fit that, that foot there on the one, but it's a different shape. Yeah, exactly. So why am I going to try and make this work? It isn't going to happen. Yeah. Different type. Okay. So I think that's one of the products I've tried, to, I've tried to make. The shapes deal for that particular breed of animal. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and that's how I've gone. And then we've got the RST, which is the racehorse. Yeah. Which you see, which is a, a more of a narrow section. Um, a little bar shoe, very light, and then, yeah, and then the hind ones the same, you know. But you know, a nice set off toe. I've just modified a little bit of that um, for certain horses that push back, so I've done a little modification on that. I mean, it's interesting as well. I mean, <clears throat> the um, especially with the racehorse industry, you know, this whole horse welfare. Um, I mean been a few things products come to market of recently where they are really mm. i mean this all came up with all the social license to operate yeah you know horse racing in this country is really under the spotlight it is yeah uh, I mean, other countries have kind of lost it especially jump racing and yes stuff yeah because of you know the public who are not into racing have deemed that it's a cruel sport That's um so you know we've got to be seen to be doing everything Being we proactive can. as possible yeah exactly and that's sort of i think that's why i've developed all this i've tried to be proactive farriers in the past have always been reactive well and we and we, we deal we with it oh, it's keep... got, yeah we you know you get a phone call from the vet it's gone late or the rider says mm, you know so i've always been all the way through my career tried to be proactive not reactive there's nothing worse than being told why didn't you do this yeah, well, pro, pro, being proactive is always cheaper in the long run for yeah. the consumer. Yeah, you know, because you've t if they don't wish to take your advice, fair enough. But at least you've told it, and you've got a record of you telling them yeah. or advising them, whatever you want to say. You're not doing a prescription; you're just saying you need X, Y, Z. And I've been quite lucky with a lot of my customers over the years. They've taken the advice on board, mm -hmm. and we've probably gone down the investigation route, or we've changed something, and it's been given us the results. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but you know, so it's a working team thing. Yeah, exactly. So. Absolutely. Um, but again, you know, it's the facts as well. I mean, you know, we spoke a little bit about you know a piece of the flanges, and you can glue them on and stuff. Um, you know, the one thing which non-farriers or non-horsey people look at a farrier shoe and a horse, and they're like. You know, straight away when it comes to nailing the shoe on, yeah, it's a skill. You know, well, it's a skill, but it, it's the one thing which looks to the outsider as the really painful bit for yeah. the horse. Well, we know, yeah, unless we get it wrong, yeah, and it that is quite rare as well. It's it not is. like we, yeah, you know, it's not like we lane one in ten because our nails are wrong. But again, it, it again in the public eye, you're kind of creating. Well, you know, if we go back to it's been done done like, done like that since the Romans. Yeah. Yeah, but the wheels come a long way since the Romans. Why is that? And this is just evolution. Yeah. Part of the evolution wheel. Because technology has got better. It's more accessible. So it's part of the, you know, I'm not saying all, I don't know if all this lot will still be being made in five, ten years time from there. I don't know. Mm. Because you think how much things have changed in 12 months, two yeah. years. Exactly. 
you know, <clears throat> and again, I think we're quite lucky in this country because it's almost having seen some snippets on social media and in the press from other countries where their animal rights protesters are yeah. turning up at dressage events yep. and show jumping events. Yep. I think we're quite protected over here yeah. because fox hunting and the Grand National itself are deflecting all the attention away from all the... But if you were to get rid of fox hunting... It's going to come. All these... All the aunties and the anim animal rights people, they're going to have to go pick on someone else now. That's right, that's it. And, you know, we've got to be a bit... A bit well, <clears throat> you know, we've got to explain why we're doing yeah. it. Well, and, is, and is there, a, you know, if that horse is being awkward, is it, is it in pain? Yeah. We don't, you know, we know certain things are pain-related now. Yeah. We know that. And if there is, why are you carrying on doing it the way you're doing it? You know, there are products, not just mine, there are other things out there that can help. Yeah. You know, this is just, you know, as I say, this is just a little, you know, part of a journey. I mean, it's like, this is sort of what I call the working life of the horse. I've also got that stuff now that's coming at the start of the life. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so interestingly, so we've got a different product down the end of the table. It looks very snazzy. <laughs> what do we call this then, Kelvin? We call this, this is the foam mesh. Okay, the foal mesh. Yeah, and it comes in different sizes. We've got a small, medium and large at the moment. So would you like to explain what we're looking at here? Well, this here is a little cuff type thing, which has got, it's like a little mesh, which you basically put, find that fits your foal's foot. Yeah. These are like, we call them grass tips. Yeah. Because uh, when you get your foal, it's probably, you know, at May, June time, the ground's going a bit hard. And... The toe starts to break off. Yeah. You've got two choices. You either try and clean that toe back, which could go sore, um, you know, or you try and put a bit of filler on there, which drops off, breaks off. So with these, which we tried, you just put a bit of glue on, push the foot, push onto the foot, and it, it's a sacrificial wear. So it stops that from knuckling over, keeps the foam happy. It's just protection. Yeah, that's right. But it's very, it's a sacrificial way. It's, it's no nailing on. No. That's it. Happy, happy, happy foal. Happy stud manager. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it's about. So it's very, it's one of those sacrificial things which is very easy to use. And so we've got something which looks very similar but a bit more extreme. Yeah, that's the, that's the medial lateral and a bit of a toe extension which you just, it's, you just virtually get your scissors and you trim out the side, you, trim off the side you want. You can cut it down the side, down the centre, and just have the one bit and just build your extension up first where you want it to be. Then mm -hmm. it go off, and then you just glue it onto the side of the foot. Or if you want to keep the cuff, glue it on. But because it's got a mesh, it impregnates the glue yeah. and holds it. It's it a up. very usable, easy to use. Yeah, you product. just and so you just trim down the heel area because obviously I've set it up so it can be adjusted. Yeah. So you just trim down so it comes down to the you know, back of the heel. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's all done with scissors. Very quick, well, exactly. very simple. Say, it looks, I mean, like some some of the other products in the past, I mean, you know, you sometimes struggle to get through it with your nippers. Yeah, that's it, yeah. This is very easy. What gives you the strength is your methacolite polyurethane, whatever you're comfortable using. Yeah. 
Um, obviously, you've got to have this, that sort of material on there, obviously, for the lateral extension. It's not got that. The strength comes from the two. Yeah. Uh, it's very light, yeah, which very is light. another thing, going back to the whole thing, keeping things light. Um, you know, it's very flexible, so it's easier. I mean, I suppose if you, by the time you've had glue, you can increase weight, but the actual product itself it is literally as light as air. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no. And, you know, we've all done the extensions in the past. We're trying to hold it. We're trying to build it up on the side of the wall, and all of a sudden the fold just does, just lets go. I can get that done far quicker. So, so I build it up before I even go to the foot. I know which, I know, I try the size of cuff which fits the foot. I know where I'm going to put the extension. So I build that up, everything's ready to go, take it up to the fold, put a bit of glue around the, around the edge of it, and then slowly push it on yeah. and hold it until it goes off. And just probably rub my little finger around it just to make sure it's all nice. And that's it. It's very quick, non-invasive. Yeah. I mean, the thing, for the, the thing is, for, the, for most farriers, sort of maybe, I don't know, looking on a website or even seeing you at Farrier Focus will probably see all these shoes on your stand and not even comprehend what they're used, you know, what yeah. they're there for. And maybe because of that, even be sort of scared to look at them. Not look at them, but actually yeah. look into them. I think that was, I think that, yeah, I think you've been there on the head there. I think it's down to education, yeah. using them more. Uh, seeing them, seeing them about more. What, what I'm saying is that, you know, you think how many people now put a spider bar in a shoe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many people use spider bar aluminiums? It's now, you know, it's a go-to treatment. Yeah. Yeah. 2015. How many spider shoes did you see? Well, I mean, it, well, it, it was <laughs> like when when the Ortho kit first yeah. came out and all the derivatives from that since then. You know, yeah, most people wanted the heart bar or the yeah. or the bar shoe insert yeah. and the rest of them is just you've got all these boxes of inserts and more. Yeah. well I'm never going to use that yeah um but actually yeah. they're, they're the norm now that's you know? it yeah it's become part of the treatment plan yeah yeah part of the pro, pro you know so eventually what will happen is that we're, this will be part of it all it's just slowly 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 you know you can't you know you're not going to change an industry that's been using three quarter half to go to 7838, it takes it years, yeah. which we know that. Yeah. You know, there's still farriers out there go, well, I'll send a bit of 5838. Mm. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you know, so this is a new technology, so, you know, it will be embraced slowly, you know, over a period of time. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose the, the one, f again, we were talking about this on the last episode, the one thing we have in the UK is the whole cost. Yeah. This is very affordable. Yeah. And that, I mean, that is one thing I've, I've made sure of that. I mean, a pair of these are virtually not far off the same price as a pair of bar shoes, steel bar shoes now. No. There you, you, know, you go. You know, the racing shoes, similar price to aluminium shoes. Not, you know, a little bit dearer, but... They're very cost-effective. Okay, you've got your glues and things yeah. on top, but majority of the time, I've you know I've got like a super glue I use to actually attach it to the solar edge of the foot, and then I just use either methacrylate, polyurethane, or super glue to actually attach it, adhere it to the actual wall of the foot. Um, you know, some cases the super glue doesn't work that well for whatever reason. We've got horses that have got super glue only on their feet, and they've had that for a long period of time. Yeah. 
it's learning it's a learning curve for everybody what i do here may not work for you over in leicestershire yeah exactly. you may have to use the methacolite yeah. which is slightly more well and i, and I think the same with also i will say the summer months i love because super glue works fine yeah absolutely brilliant yeah. and the healthy foot is just it's unbelievable yeah i mean again the biggest problem we have in the uk is is the amount of wet and like Wayne said on the last podcast, it started raining last April and it hasn't stopped yet. Yeah. But <laughs> no, I agree. It's um, it's certainly been the wettest, longest wettest period I think I've known for a hell of a long time. And you know, there's a lot of feet. Yeah. Actually, because of that, Suffered. you know, that's that soft. And of course, you nail a shoe to it. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a, there's millions of horses out which actually put up the nail and it's not a problem. But the ones out there which everything just slips, you know, just breaks up round it. Um, well, I can, well, I can, I could, we should, we should go out shooting tomorrow and do this, this horse, and you'll be surprised what his feet cost, his feet, how dry and hard they are in all this weather. Mm. That's one thing I can't, they are, and the, and the foot it grows. Yeah. Unbelievable. I could never get any foot to grow on this horse. Incidentally, <clears throat> Incidentally, actually, now you mentioned it, so like uh, your standard kind of shoe like that. Yeah. At, we talked about how small they go. Yeah. Go down to a, a, a eight zero. Eight zero. How big do you go? Um, on on the RS, I think we got to eleven. That's like uh, probably about fourteen and a half. It's a big shoe. Would you would you go as far as like a four? European four. Yes. Might have an idea. Might try. I'm, I'm, I might. Might do. We have. A, I'm got might one, do a case. Study what we? Yeah, we got. We've got a euro. We've got a euro bar, um, which is, mm. you know, it's not one here. This yeah. I'm, I'm but one of those. But a euro bar is very. I call it a euro bar. Mm. So it's, yeah, which works very well. Mm. Obviously, each shoe has its own footprint shape yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know you've got your spider bar which is quite a roundish type foot and the elliptical foot which is a bit like a warm blood and then your the, yeah, bar which is between the two yeah if you want to there's a nifty trick which a few of us can do i can actually cut this tab off say i wanted to give it a bit of a lateral and it's got a bit of a tight heel i can cut the tab off and then re-weld it in the same place right okay that's a little trick. Using the original tab, just cut it off yeah. and just reboot it back on. Um, yeah, which is, you know, if you can do fire welding, you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I do question the fire welding at some time. Yeah. Um, I actually you know fire welding is one thing I can do. <laughs> well, yeah. you're about to weld one of those tabs on. Yeah. So, but, just, it, but again, you know, this, what I'm holding now, which is basically, again, one of the cuff type shoes but looking at it it's got extensions all the way around it you just cut them off yeah just cut it off as i say find the size that fits the foot what you want to do if you want to get you know from the heel back um for the knee whatever 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 condition you're actually trying to treat you just trim it off the one side build up the size you want to do so it gives you that strength yeah glue it on the foot and then just put the last bit of on the side of it so you, you then also because you've got the lightness of it yeah. um it helps out so i take it all this stuff is on your website everything's on the website that's on this table yes 
and the website is www.theshoeandlab.com okay and um yeah and i i, I said I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll definitely be at focus this year yeah we'll be releasing uh, a few more new products yeah well always, you've always got something in the pipeline i know you're like and uh but yeah so, you know as i say this you know started off from one horse really or yeah. a couple of horses yeah which we've all got i mean and the other thing one and you know I, I, I drop in it all the time myself because It'll all be on the website anyway, but like you know, you've got you've got one building just full of aluminium. You name it, it's in there. Yeah. And then you've got all the standard shoes and all the inserts and all yeah. the different glues and all the different pads and all the different packers. I've never. It's probably like the most different um, solutions on the one roof, which yeah. I know is kind of what you were aiming for when yeah. you set the shoeing lab up, but. You know, if you've got a horse and it's got a problem, there is probably something in one of these buildings yes, yeah. which is going to make that's, it better. That's it, yeah, that's what I wanted. Yeah. Um, that's what so, we're, yeah, that's the route I went down. You know, and sometimes you might, you, you just got to try this stuff. Yeah, that's a bit the nail in the end. You don't know until you try it. There's no, what's it we all say when you go to a seminar? The only question is the one you didn't answer. Well, exactly. I mean, I, I've got, you know, that's what I should say. When I came in for those aluminium spider plate omnidirectional things, which, you know, quite an extreme shoe, but. Yeah. I say this one horse. I mean, it's in its late twenties. It's retired. It's field ornament yeah. now. It's retired. Yeah. But we've got them. Well, and the thing is, yes, it's got very awful feet. It's got foot problems. Yeah. But when we, you know, and if the owner's happy to chuck the money at it to fix it, yeah, he's got a great quality of life. That's it, yeah. As long as his feet are sound. That's it. And this stuff's keeping his feet sound, and she'll pay it. You know, which and there's a lot of our horse owners are like that. That's now, it, yeah. You know, because. These ain't these ain't cars anymore. No, they're, they're, they're family members. As, and that's and that I think that's what we've got to remember that. Yeah, exactly. And that is exactly you know I've got a lot of I call them geriatrics. Yeah. You know all types from little Shetland ponies to ex Grand Prix dressage horses. Yeah. You know they've all got a quality of life. Okay. Is a bit. You know as I say I've got these these some of these horses actually living in squish pads now, which yeah. I didn't design them for that. No. But they're happy. No. And that's that's the beauty. You know, I mean, whether we like it or not, you know, the average age, it's like us humans, our average age is going up and yeah. up and up and yeah. up. And what's happening, we're all getting dementia because yeah. we're not supposed to live that long. It's the same with horses. So as long as we can make them comfortable then and be proactive. And the more comfortable they are, the happier they are. But I say for this horse in particular, I think when I took it on, I mean, it it been... Had some remedial fairy which had gone wrong with someone else, and it's an old client of mine. And we've had to do a lot. We've had it in Z bars. We've had it in dual elliptical, uh, sorry, single elliptical shoes. We've had it in spite. We've yeah. we've gone down full range, but there's always been something there which yeah. has made it better. Yeah, but it's like it's like I said, 2015, the elliptical shoe, the the um, spider egg bar, straight bar, you know. And all the other um, type, types of shoes, which in aluminium we brought in, they weren't here. No. They were, no, they would be thought, what's that? That's a bit wacky. Yeah. Now it's part and parcel. Yeah. That's, you know, 2015, that's nine years ago. Yeah. That's not long. No. So you think what this is going to do, and I'm not the only one doing it. No. I'm just very fortunate that I've got a good team around me 
um, got my own machines. So we're building our own where our new facility, um, which will have a, a lot more machines in. And you know we have you know we are able to update very quickly anything. Well, it's evolving, is it? It's yeah. having the ability to evolve yeah. there and end. Because, yeah. Well, I mean, and again, there's been products out there which came out which were groundbreaking at the time and they never evolved. Yeah. Well, and now you, they've been left behind. That's right. So we've constantly updated. Yeah. We never, ever stand still. Right. And, you know, listen to people's feedback, change. Yeah, exactly. You know, and being where we are and what we can do, we can change very quickly. Well, and again, in a day, the buzzword here, as we've been saying all along, is being proactive. Yeah, that's it. You know, and you know, I know I just look forward to the next 10 years, really. See where that takes me. Because if you would have said to me four years ago that after my half of my working week you'll be gluing on, I would have laughed. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to finish up now, okay. But, We're going to do the end game questions, okay. Okay, which everyone gets to answer, regardless of what country they're from. Okay. Actually, regardless of whether they're far or not. Okay. So, obviously, we're UK based. Yeah. We come underneath the um, Barriers Act regulation. Yeah. If tomorrow we screwed that act up yeah. and threw it away, what do you think will happen? I think it'd be a very sad day, yeah. very sad day for the horse owner, because at least they got a regulated body that's looking after the welfare. Whether you agree with what's going on or not, yeah. there is a regulated body there. Um, but if it if we got chucked away, I think it'd be a bad day. Yeah. Because there's other people in other parts of the world they want to be regulated. Yeah. It's just that I think in our country we're not, you know, with CPD coming in. It's just, look how many people go into, in Europe go to CPD and pay yeah, exactly. big portions. A lot more than they pay for yeah, And America, drive for a couple of days to get yeah. there. Don't think about giving up. But yeah. I think the biggest problem in England is that we've not charged enough for our work, what the work we've done. No, no, no. I mean, and again, I say, I'm not going to chip in, purely and simply, because I don't have to, because I'm asking the question. But, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, some people are for it, some people are against it, some people in other countries want it, some people don't want it, you know, it's, and everyone's got their own... I think, it, you, know, it, you know, it's something we grew up with, something I've lived with, and I think it, I see both, I see the pros and cons, mm. but I think if it, if it ever got disbanded, I think it'd be a bad day. Mm. I think one of the things I will say about it is I don't think farriers have ever used it. No. That's the problem. They used it as a bit of a, I don't know, a, a magic, magic cloak to say, well, you're going to have to have me because you can't have someone who's not read for your well, name. Yeah, that, I think you're um, right there, yeah. Rather than actually using it to our advantage and charge what we should have charged. That's it. Well, that, I mean, because of COVID and prices, prices have gone up, that's what's a lot of farriers now are having to, so we'd be left behind, mm. which we have. Not um, all, some, a lot. So moving on to the next question then. Um, obviously, you've been, oh, how many years have you been now? 40? Yeah. <laughs> Plus. 
No. We'll, we'll just leave it there. We'll just <laughs> yeah. leave it there. We'll leave it there. Long enough. Okay. So, I mean, you know, since we've had coloured TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just right. I think it's black so, and white, actually. Within your career, what would you say has been the biggest evolution in Farron? Well, I'm going to say I think 3D printers because that's giving us... No, no, no. I'm going to say 3D printers because that's giving us the scope to fulfil ideas. Yeah. You know, we can do anything. We can make a model of a foot from an x-ray. We can do build bones. We can do so many things now. Um, not only by taking, you know, and better understanding of the biomechanics and sciences and all, there's so many things. Yeah. But myself, because I can, I'm, I'm used to making things, building things, yeah. um, physical things. And so that's why I think, you know, evolution has been great and we're not stopping. It's that, that train's going and going fast. Well, it's, you know, and again, what I think with Farrery, the first most Farriers saw with 3D printing was the original 3D pads. Yeah. Which very quickly became injection molded. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, because it was just an easier, most more cost-effective way yeah. of making them. Yeah. The trouble is with these shit type because of the properties I want it to have yeah I've tried injection moulding mm. I can't give what I've got yeah at the moment I'm not saying it won't happen no but the way the 3D printers are going and the, the speed they're going at I don't know if I ever need to yeah I'll say well last question then looking back at your 60 I mean 40 something years of showing if you could do it all over again what would you do different? What would I do different? I wouldn't have gone like the clappers trying to do some machine competitions and bugger my arms up. Right, okay. And that's a f I love my shoeing competitions. I didn't realise at the time that the damage I was doing, trying to work, set a business up and practice. Yeah. Uh, and that goes for everybody. We all, we've all been there. Mm. Uh, but, you know, you're trying to make every shoe because you're using it as a practice. You're trying to shoe with lots of horses because we had lots of horses to shoe. Yeah. Um, and I think I would have probably laid my business out, my business plan a lot better. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had lots of horses to shoe, so why do I need to go and shoe them all? Well, I think it was a very different time then. That was back in the days where there weren't enough hours with too yeah. many horses. And um, a lot of people were doing... The yeah. numbers, not because they were greedy, because they had to. So that's it. Now we, you know, whereas we could have been, we, you know, we could have charged a lot more, mm. and we, you know, it would have been better, you know. But I think that's what I probably would have done. So then I wouldn't have buggered my wrist up, had operations, and Christ knows what, and suffered later in life. Yeah. I've been quite lucky, yeah. you know, because I think fell, you know, I dropped off the seats competition circuit. I then came Team Farriers. Team Farrier, so that kept my brain ticking yeah. for 30 years. I did the odd competition here and there, nothing like I did, didn't practice in any shape, way or form. Made shoes with the lads, but mm. nowhere near like I did um, because I couldn't. Yeah, I can still remember the last time I saw you actually compete in a competition. We won't go there though. <laughs> no, it wasn't fun. <laughs> no, no, but corking of the wedge, I've got to go to something <laughs> You know, I've got a picture of you there. I know, I know. I said, you look like melted ice cream. Yeah, it was a bit warm. <laughs> it was a bit warm. It was a bit warm. But, yeah. Well, anyway, 
thanks for having us and showing us your pleasure your stuff um you know um, yeah it would be interested in the other two years see where we where we are oh, see what's we'll, changed we'll do a part two yeah Excellent. see what's changed see how many of these products are still in existence see what we've evolved into See well, what has changed. It's all part of development, isn't it? Yeah, as I said, you know, there's 37 new products there. 